0: Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Saturday, September 19th. Shana Tova for our Jewish listeners. Happy New Year. For everyone else, it is Saturday and it's time for our interview. What a great concept we stumbled across and it is called Masterworks. Now, this is fascinating. We are going to interview in two parts, today and tomorrow, Scott Lynn. And what is Masterworks? It's the ability for everyone to invest in blue chip artwork. And what's kind of cool about this is I myself love the art world. It's also been interesting to watch how the asset class of art has increased in value almost like exponentially, but, you know, only the richest people can do that. You know, you're not going to go out and buy a Van Gogh yourself. Well, maybe you are because maybe you have millions and millions of dollars. The rest of us are not. So we thought this was a very cool concept. And here is the first part of our interview with Scott Lynn. Scott Lynn, welcome to the show. So tell us, what is Masterworks?
1: Masterworks is the, the first company to securitize uh, blue chip artwork. So when we, when we think about the art market today, it's a very large asset class, roughly $1.7 trillion in value. But historically, it's really been limited to the ultra wealthy. So Masterworks is really the, the first platform that allows anyone to invest in these, these blue chip paintings.
0: And how did you get into this? Are you an art person? Are you a finance person? Or yes to both?
1: <laughs> it's a it's a great question. So I, I've been collecting art for nearly 20 years. Have a top 100 collection in the U.S., uh, but I've also been starting tech companies over over the same period of time. So personally, I've I've just found the the asset class to be really interesting. I, I mean, when when we analyze it or when our research team analyzes it. We see the performance characteristics are better um, in most cases than, than public equities, but there, there just isn't an easy way for people to invest in it today.
0: Let's just kind of go back and, and say a little bit about how has the art market fared over, say, the last 20 or 30 years. Like, tell us a little bit of the story behind the appreciation going on in the art market.
1: If you look at the, the data behind the art market, what you see is that roughly the top 100 artists, and these are artists that are, that are household names, artists like Picasso, Basquiat, et cetera, um, comprise about 65% of the art market. And that's what we refer to as blue chip art. So that segment of the market has outperformed the S&P um, by roughly 180% over the past 20 years. That's what we consider to be the most investable segment of the art market.
0: What explains the explosion in pricing? I remember that, you know, sort of it went, it, it sort of seems to go in waves that, you know, something is really hot and takes off and then uh, sort of we have a little dip in a recession maybe, but that doesn't seem to be impacting the art market or hasn't in the past. So, who are the big buyers besides the super wealthy right now?
1: I mean, historically, the, the big buyers have been the super wealthy, right? I mean, this is, this is one of the oldest asset classes. I, I tell people all the time that Sotheby's, which, which is one of the major auction houses and just recently went private, was the oldest company on the New York Stock Exchange at 275 years old. You know, this is an asset class that literally has been traded between the ultra wealthy for, for centuries.
0: And what parts of the art market are really the ones that have taken off? Because someone had told me a while back, I don't know, maybe I was just touring somewhere and a a docent said, you know, it's amazing that, you know, the like as you describe some of the big names like Picasso has really taken off. But has there been a differential, say, between the, the modern masters and the old masters.
1: There's a huge difference. So, th- this is one of the initial findings that, that we had when we created a research team for Masterworks. And, you know, it's interesting because when you look at the art market, not knowing a lot about it, you assume that great names like Rembrandt continue to appreciate at similar rates as contemporary artists like Jeff Koons. But what you find is that returns really do follow recency. So, we think today the most investable art is art after World War II, created after World War II. And that's what's appreciating it. It's sort of high single digits or mid double digits. Whereas if you go back in time, a few centuries, artists like Rembrandt are really just keeping up with inflation. We do believe fundamentally, or the data does show that appreciation follows fashion, but in very, very wide increments over, over hundreds of years.
0: So what happens when I invest in masterworks? How does it actually work?
1: So it it works very similar to how the going public process works for for public companies. So we purchase a painting, uh, generally between $1 and $10 million. We file that with the SEC as a public offering. We sell shares to investors in an IPO. And then after investors invest, they either recognize returns by us selling the painting three to seven years later or by trading their shares on our secondary market on the Masterworks website.
0: And how has it gone for you since you started this company?
1: I mean, it's it's just been exploding. So we have 82,000 investors today, um, growing at more than 10 or 15,000 a month. We've launched, uh, last year I think we launched four paintings. This year I I believe we've launched 22. So far we're we're at the point where we're launching almost one painting uh, every week. So it's, you know, it's, there's, there's definitely a ton of demand from people who I think historically have just just felt like they haven't been able or they don't know how to access this asset class.
0: So and just so I understand it, so each painting has its own pool of investors. There's no index that you're creating of all of the artwork that you own, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah, there's no index or no fund-like product today. Um, people really are analyzing each individual artwork and, and choosing whether or not to invest in that painting.
0: Okay, so tell us from your experience so far, which have been the most sought-after artists that people are interested in on your platform?
1: I think there's two things that people focus on. One is either uh, brand recognition, so we, we see a lot of interest in paintings by artists like Banksy, um, for example, uh, we just recently launched um, an Andy Warhol painting. So, so if an artist has a big name, there's, there's lots of interest. And the second thing that, that drives interest is just historical returns. So some of the, the mid-career late career artists that we're working with historically have returned upwards of 20%, and obviously those artists have, have a lot of demand.
0: So Scott, y- you yourself are a collector and you love, I presume you love the artwork itself. <laughs> So this is a little bit different. Art is an investment. How does that differ in obviously someone buying something and putting it on the wall to appreciate it? Because of many people who accumulate art maybe, maybe do it because, of, hey, I like this person or I want to support a young artist. And by accident, they find out that something good has happened. So compare that with this as a straight investment. How do the artists feel about that in general?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So I I do think a lot of collectors, you know, even myself included, collect for reasons other than just just investment. I mean, I I have a collection of mid century abstract expressionists, and you know, I'm, I'm not collecting strictly for investment, but you know, it is part of the decision making process. In terms of artists, I think the thing that artists like about what we're doing is is one of the concerns in the art market is you have these. These great works of art are these masterpieces that are often purchased by collectors and then they're put in their homes or they're put in storage and they're never seen again. So one of the things we're focusing on with Masterworks is after investors wind up uh, sort of co-owning these paintings, we're, we're working to put them in museums or public spaces where they, they remain in the public and can be seen.
0: Can you just describe for some people who may not understand, besides Willem de Kooning, what is in your collection? So explain what a mid-century abstract expression is, which I'm now just showing you that I know a tiny, tiny bit about art.
1: So yeah, tell, me who, <laughs>
0: tell me who else is included.
1: I'm, I'm learning this. So uh, so yeah, I've, I've collected people like Pollock, Rothko, Klein, de Kooning, Frankenthaler, Krasner. Gottlieb, Pousset dart r- really the the artist that that in the 1950s and 1960s started this this movement of abstraction in America.
0: How could someone enter the art market to actually buy a painting? Like, what advice would you give? You are a collector. How do you get into it if you just like art or you want to support young artists?
1: I struggle with this question a little bit. I get it a lot. I, I mean, the the art world is an incredibly difficult industry or market to navigate. You know, I, I mean, the best way to do it is to go to reputable galleries, find a gallery owner that you trust and take their advice. But, uh, you know, the reality is a lot of people in the art market have have conflicts I and mean, they're, trying, they're trying to make money. So it, it's challenging. The, the internet definitely helps. There's websites like Artnet and ArtPrice that give prices on on auctions. You know, roughly half of the art market is traded through public auctions. So there's a big data set on it. So at least... In today's world, you can kind of understand the value of art much better than you could 20 years ago. But yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's tough to navigate without, without really diving into it and spending hundreds or thousands of hours.
0: So how do you know if you have a reputable gallery?
1: Well, I guess when I say reputable gallery, you know, in my world or in the Masterworks world, that that really means a mega gallery. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, those are the galleries like Gagosian or Pace or Zorner that, that represent some of the, the top living artists in the world. <laughs> There's obviously lots of, lots of small galleries to, you know, around the world that, that, that aren't reputable and that do sell things for, for much more than they're worth. But I think the reality is it's, it's just hard in the art market today to spend less than $500,000 a painting and have it, have it be investment grade. That's kind of the sad reality. So I think, I think you just have to buy things that you love at lower price points independent of trying to, to make money on them.
0: So you also are now a gallery owner through this company because the artwork that you accumulate, you actually have in a gallery until you sell it. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So Masterworks has a gallery in Soho where investors can, can stop by and, and look at the paintings. That is, you know, that's important to us. And we, we do want to continue to show art publicly. So, I, yeah, I mean, we always encourage people to swing by.
0: How are you doing in the pandemic with that? I mean, is it by appointment or what's happening?
1: It's definitely slow. I mean, Soho in New York is, I think it's going to take a while to get back to normal.
0: How has the art market changed amid the pandemic besides galleries? What's been happening in in the last six to eight months?
1: You know, it's, it's a really good question. So we actually published a report with Citigroup at the end of 2019 on correlation between art as an asset class and other asset classes. And basically what we concluded is that Art does not trend in the same way as other asset classes. So that, you know, this is kind of timely in that we, we published this report with this conclusion, and then the pandemic happened, which was the real the real test to see whether or not our conclusion was right. And what we found and, and what we've seen is that art prices have continued to go up despite uh, everything else going on in the world right now. And And for better or for worse, that's probably because our prices continue to be linked to the the ultra-wealthy. So, you know, as long as that that 1% grows, we see our prices continuing to do the same.
0: Okay, that was the first part of our interview with Scott Lynn of Masterworks. If you want more information about Masterworks, we'll have a link to their website, so don't worry. If you have a financial question, send an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillonMoney.com. And if you hop onto our website, JillonMoney.com, you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. We sure would appreciate that. Mark works really hard on that one. And if you like this podcast, please pass it along to friends of yours, show them how to subscribe. It's Jill On Money on Apple or Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, Google, wherever else you find this podcast. Once again, as always, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Do something nice for somebody today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.